Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. My name is Tracy Murda on behalf of Richard Jacobs here at Future Tech Podcast. Today, I have an exciting guest, Bianca Lopez, Chief Identity Officer and Speaker for BioConnect. Welcome, Bianca. Thank you so much for joining me and giving me your time today. Thank you. We're super excited to be on the podcast and talk about all things identity, blockchain, crypto, you name it. I'm stoked. Awesome. And it's it's really uh, an important thing that's come up now, I think, with the identity, you know, crisis of safety, security. It's a huge thing. Everyone's worried about it. So let's start out with, tell me a little bit about uh, BioConnect as well as your relationship when you got involved with the company um, and when it was established. Absolutely. So let's start with BioConnect because BioConnect actually has started way before I joined. So BioConnect is the biometric expert company. And we've been around in the business for eight years now. And we're based out of Toronto. We have offices in the States and we have clients globally around the world. So our CEO, Rob Douglas and founder, is actually a biometric expert. He um, has grown up in the software SaaS business and has now, when he decided to leave a corporate life and start BioConnect, he said, I have this quest. And I want to help people to be themselves and to have to prove who they are. So BioConnect is actually on the quest for rightful identity. And he believes that your biometrics are your identity. So we focused um, and started at the security business because that's really where biometrics started from. So if you can sort of date back, the biometric industry really took a massive increase after the horrific event of 9-11, where people really had a high need to figure it out who is boarding my planes and turning them into killing machines, identity really started to matter. And that's where our company started. Excellent. And you said, when did you come on board? So I've been fortunate to be part of the BioConnect team and family for two years now. So uh, two years ago, after selling a few software businesses myself and working in the banking industry, I joined the team with the mission of figuring it out, where were we gonna go from security and data center as industry? And I've spent all my time there bringing biometrics into finance. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about what were sort of the problems and gaps in current, you know, identity identification things that you saw in the marketplace or BioConnect saw that y'all could fill and kind of either perfect or enhance or improve for all of us out there. Totally. So let's start with the fact that biometrics, 
until the iPhone came out, really wasn't wildly used. So BioConnect actually started by saying, how do I make myometrics easy to integrate the things? Because we all can relate to being annoyed at like too many usernames and passwords, too many swaps, cards, and keys. And there's also the obvious security threat that comes with um, having to use these things that are not really who you are and someone could just kind of steal it. So BioConnect's angle is to say, in order for something to be wildly adopted, I have to make it easy to integrate. So we spend time developing a biometrics platform. So think about it as a toolkit that has all biometrics into it. So if I'm a big financial services company or a big corporation like most of our clients, I don't want to have to pick. I don't want to have to become a biometric expert in order to be able to deploy the technology. So then you fast forward and you put Apple into the mix. And with Apple launching Touch ID, um, it brought biometrics to a common place. It bought biometrics to the everyday, everyday user like you and me. And when we can use something that's convenient and feels secure, why would we want to go back to the old stuff? So that's really the problem that we set out to solve is to enable large enterprises to be able to consume biometrics for authentication and identification. Okay. So tell me how this actually works. Okay. So let's think of an example of um, a large bank. You can relate to the processes that are involved with like KYC, which is know your customer, which is if you want to start a bank account, you kind of have to go in there and you have to give a ton of your information. So you have to go in with a driver's license or a photo ID and you have to give your SIN number and a bunch of other stuff. Imagine if at that point you could register something that's actually uniquely you. So if you could use things like your face, your voice, your eyes, your behavior um, in order to create sort of this unique digital you that no one could then become. So imagine that world where you go into, you don't have to go into a branch and you could use your phone to start an account. You can create an account and you can onboard because actually there's only one Bianca face and that face belongs to me. So BioConnect makes it easier on the background for the technology to be translated. So if I, I don't know how technical we want to get here, but we use sets of APIs and SDKs that can be put into a mobile app or into an infrastructure that allow a bank not to have to change too, too much to be able to allow a consumer to use their face and their voice to identify who they are. So instead of having to pass, hit a password or be asked in a call center, what's your mother's maiden name, which are quite painful personal verified question processes. Imagine if you could just speak like I'm talking to you right now and the bank could say, hey, Bianca, how's it going? That's what we do. Tell me about the, the software and the hardware that's required to use BioConnect. Totally. So back in the day, uh, in a lot of high security places like data centers still, you actually have to have hardware on the wall. So you would use things like sensor technology or actual biometric readers to be able to identify yourself. You would have seen these in like Heathrow and some airports before where people are using facial recognition to identify a user. So you actually have to install something on the wall. The difference is that now smartphones, and by 2020, all smartphones are going to have biometric sensors. You don't need hardware. You can actually just use an SDK, which is a software development kit, which BioConnect has an SDK that has all your biometrics in one little box. So think about bringing and translating your face, your eyes, your voice into this little piece of technology that a bank, a fintech, or anybody could put into their mobile app. So you don't have to install anything other than maybe download that bank's app on your phone and you could use your face 
to log into your bank. I love that. That's how simple it is today. Yeah. So who's using this? Um, so we have um, thousands of clients worldwide, and we mostly deal with large enterprises. So we don't go direct to the consumer. We go to the enterprise to enable the enterprise to make this convenient thing available to all their clients because clients are kind of looking at it being, what's up with the RSA token? I don't want to use that little fob anymore. If I can use my phone, I'd rather use my face than to to do all these other things you want me to do. So those are our clients and that's who's using it. You see it in, if you talk about use cases, um, you can think about a call center. So call centers have been around forever. We can all relate to being royally annoyed at a combination between the music you have to listen mm-hmm. to, to all the tens, right? To all the questions that you have to answer. So you can just get service. And I think when you look at society today, patience is probably not our forte. And uh, technology has made us expect everything instantaneous. So by using technology like biometrics, you can use voice recognition to identify a user instead of asking that poor person 17 questions. So why does that matter? Well, it kind of matters because first of all, I want convenience, but I still want security. And it matters because if you think from the, the banks or the call centers or the large corporations, they don't want to use their cost on the call center people to be asking you questions that are not going to bring value to their business, but they have to. So how do you use security of something like biometrics to streamline a process and use that like precious time you have with your client on the phone to actually ask meaningful conversations and maybe talk to them about a product or their life or retention conversations instead of just annoying the crap out of the human being who is just trying to maybe get some help. So, Bianca, is there a certain demographic or age group that is seems to be more open to this or geared toward this? Um, I think you're starting to see, I think a lot of people talk about, well, the notion of privacy is different between generations. And I wouldn't disagree with that. I think the stats speak um, louder than, than anything I could personally say. However, because it's now in our phones and our phones are kind of like our little personal computers that we walk around with. Uh, people are starting to become more and more commonplace. And when I look at statistics like 100% of all smartphones are going to have uh, biometrics by 2020, and any app that has installed such ID has seen an increase of logging in because it streamlined the process, I think this, I think that it, it's a question about which demographic won't have a smartphone in a year or two from now. So I think it will become everybody. I think we use it um, whether we realize it or not, right? Like. You see kids using Snapchat filters and and other things for fun. That's actually already using some basic computer vision technology that is used actually in biometrics. So I think it will become more and more commonplace. Um, and I think that the the breaches that we're starting to see in in um, Equifax as an example have just increased um, sort of consumer concern towards their security and privacy. So I think that people are no longer going to be accepting passwords to be just uh, an okay way of authenticating someone. Absolutely. So how would you say the the user friendlinesses of BioConnect services? Is it something, you know, that anybody can use? Could my mom who can barely type a text to me, you know, is this something that she can easily figure out how to use? What What's kind of been the feedback that you I'm a little biased, obviously, but, uh, but mm-hmm. I, well, we, we pride ourselves in a few things. So I think we pride ourselves in thinking about privacy by design. So we look at how someone 
stores the data or how we communicate what we're taking, because a lot of the times people still have, there's still kind of people that are worried about biometrics being creepy, right? Or asking me about minority report, or are you storing a picture of my face? So I think that from, um, from a UX and a UI, and I actually call it human, human design, human user, instead of user experience, it's human experience. Um, we look at things like accessibility and privacy in the way that it has to be seamless. Because I fundamentally believe that um, security, convenience will trump security any day. And when you think about that, um, it has to be, your mom has to be able to use it. A two-year-old has to be able to use it. It should be as simple as taking a photo. And, and that's how we look at our technology. If it's too complicated, I don't care how secure it is. People are just going to drop it. They're not going to use it. And I think that proof is in the pudding when we look at how many people use the same password for pretty much everything. We're kind of, humans are inherently lazy and we want things that are super easy and fast. So, so that's how I would describe sort of the feedback and the user experience and, and the interaction with the technology. It can't feel creepy and weird. Man, you hit the nail on the head. I am guilty as charged. I am so lazy when it comes to my business. <laughs> so am I. I'm not. I'm, I'm probably not allowed to say that, but I think we all are, right? Like, and I think that that's the biggest thing that we look at. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay, so is there competition out there in this space for you all? Absolutely. I think it's. Um, I think anyone that says that they don't have competition is either in some bubble <laughs> or they're probably right. not in a good market um so i think that the way we look at competition as a as an organization is one could say that our competitors are modality vendors so what i mean by modality vendors are the guys developing the algorithm for facial recognition only or for voice recognition only we don't look at them that way we look at them as partners because we believe that consumers want choice and that choice is contextual and what I mean by that is if I'm in the middle of a meeting and maybe I'm bored and maybe I don't want to pay attention, but I kind of want to check my text, using my finger underneath the table is the contextual right answer for that user experience and maybe the level of security. So that's a modality vendor that one could say is my competitor. But maybe when I'm going to do something super important, like transfer a million dollars to you, I want a higher degree of security. So maybe I'm going to do my finger to open the app and my face to approve that transfer. So when you think about that, we believe that we don't have competitors in the sense that we can have them all on our platform. We've taken a platform approach to the problem and we bring all the modality vendors. So Mr. Bank or Mr. Big Corporation doesn't have to choose and integrate with every individual vendor out there to give you and I. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's absolutely correct. I said interoperability and choice is a really big deal. So we look at how we make it easier for the enterprise because if I'm an insurance company, I don't wake up and go to bed thinking about which biometric is going to become the next big hot thing. I wake up thinking about how do I change insurance to be super personalized and an array of other things uh, or how tech is going to disrupt my business. But I do need to give my clients choice. So BioConnect looks at it and says, let me evaluate all the vendors in the marketplace and let me help you putting them all into one set of technology, RESTful APIs and SDK, so you don't have to worry about the fuss of biometrics. You just need to worry about how you're going to use it in your workflow. So what is just overall your users, are they coming back with any challenges, any questions, or just coming back raving saying, this is fantastic, makes you know my life easier, my life secure? What has kind of been the general feedback? I think it's a bit of both. 
I think you're always going to have the uh, technologies that has waves of adoption, right? So you're always going to have the people that are super excited and love the gadget and, and love the way they feel. You have people in security and fraud thinking that this is great because now I'm getting a lot more information. I'm not just getting a token that says yes or no, like a password does. I'm getting contextual information about my users. But then you also get people that are still not too keen, right? I think that the industry, unfortunately, as a whole, so today we have one industry standard. We have an industry standard um, that's called on FIDO. So some users are coming back asking, is FIDO the only way? FIDO, and I fundamentally believe that you need to have both. You need to have things that are stored on your device and things that are stored on a server as long as the encryption and asymmetric cryptography is used appropriately. A little bit of an array of things, but mostly raising. We have more demand than we know what to do with, <laughs> which is a good problem. Well, and lastly, I kind of wanted to circle back and talk about some of the different use cases for BioConnect. If you can kind of just gloss over those, again, just to remind our listeners of where this actually will fit into our everyday lives. Of course. So let's think about, I welcome every person listening to this to think about identity as it relates to access. So when you think about how many times do you have to prove who you are to get access to something? So whether that is the minute that you wake up in the morning and you unlock your phone, if you're using touch ID, you're using biometrics today. And that's mm -hmm. a way that someone can do it. And then you walk out the door, you're going to use something called a key. Well, there's a lot of ways that you can bring biometrics for actual physical access to things. And maybe you're going to call your bank or call your telecommunications provider and you get asked a bunch of other questions because you're using someone else's computer or you're near a different part of the world. Imagine if you could use your face because your face is the same whether you're today here or you're in China tomorrow, and you could use that to get access to a digital application. Those are some of the use cases, or even maybe taking out cash out of an ATM. You could use your face and your face could be recognized and that could feed you out cash instead of you having to carry around a piece of plastic and remember your pin every time. Oh, girl, remember your PIN number. Do you know how many times I replaced my Visa card a month? Yeah, and when you think about all the digital things, right? I think that's right. what the users need to think about. If you're, if you're an owner of a company that's launching a crypto wallet and you want someone to log into that wallet or you want to protect a, any application for that matter, most people spend very little time thinking about their identity strategy and a lot of time thinking about their product, rightfully so. We mm -hmm. spend all our time thinking about kind of the user and the human. Let's, if you have a few extra minutes, I'd like to talk about the, the relation to the cryptocurrency world and where do you see BioConnect fitting in as it is now and kind of down the line as, I mean, those addresses, those, you know, logins, those are very, very important and very, very fragile. So where do you kind of see uh, yourself fitting in there? I'll answer the question in two ways. So I'll answer the question as BioConnect, and I'll answer the question as mm -hmm. Bianca, that's yeah. sort of obsessed with uh, right. distributed ledgers and blockchain. And those use your mind <laughs> in case I get into trouble. Uh, but I think that the first part, um, BioConnect uh, works actually a lot with fintech companies. I have someone in my team called Will, and he works a lot with uh, people trying to protect the user experience when it relates to bringing crypto wallet, wallets together or allowing someone to trade something. Even though systems uh, can be anonymous, you still need sort of this, it, it, maybe it can be anonymous that you don't know I'm me, but someone else needs to verify I'm me. So mm -hmm. if that's someone else, 
whether that's a system or whether that's the bank or whether that's anybody, I could use biometrics as a way of securely identifying myself inside of a distributed system. So that's how we play as well as playing in just mobile and digital assets because people are still using the internet and basic uh, websites and mobile apps to do things like um, exchanges of cryptocurrency or even access to things. So that's how BioConnect fits in. Um, personally, I'm just fascinated about the topic. I think that we're really early on on the conversation about, and I hate this every time someone talks about identity, you kind of have to start with what is identity, but but when we talk about, are you going to put a DNA on the blockchain? Are you going to, and I think that the federal system talked about doing something like that. Um, I kind of get scared about it. Um, and I think that the scare part is the lack of understanding or the lack of privacy from a triple blind perspective. I, I'm obsessed with distributed ledgers and, and blockchain systems from the perspective of what it can do. And um, and I'm not talking about smart contracts because I don't fundamentally believe, first of all, they should be called smart nor contracts, um, but it's really a place where you put transactions. When, when you have transactions, you have to have access. You have to understand um, who you're granting access to. So do I believe that there is a digital part of my identity that could perhaps be represented as a biometric encrypted template that could be used in the future? Absolutely. I absolutely think that. And I mean, and I think that when you think about is the world going to standardize in one type of ledger? Well, good luck. I, I really think that proof is in the pudding already that we, we, we haven't seen that happen. So even if you talk about if you have something in a hyperledger and you have an adapter, how do you move that information on that person or that transaction or the access from one ledger to another? well, you're going to have to talk about what is the authentication process. So can biometrics play a role in that? I'd say absolutely. Why would you start a hash or a node with username and password? Didn't we learn something about that in the past? <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Thank you. Now, are there any other projects that BioConnect is working on or any new developments that we should keep our eyes and ears out for? Well, as a technology company, we're always launching things. So one thing that I'm personally excited about that my team has been working on, um, and it's been a bit of a baby, is the developer portal. I'm a firm believer that to solve any problem, whether that's an identity problem or, or a distributed ledger problem, you have to have multiple technology players and you have to make the technology accessible. So we're actually launching a developer portal so if people want to find out more, they can go to bioconnectid.com and sign up to get early access and some information. Our content team is amazing. So we'll be publishing a lot of things from a developer's perspective as well as from a use case perspective. So that's kind of exciting. <laughs> I love that. Man, you have a lot going on and you are going to continue to have a lot going on. Uh, I don't want it any other way. Yeah, that's for sure, right? <laughs> Wrong life to Awesome. So, Bianca, for anyone who wants to get started with uh, BioConnect services, you mentioned the website. If you want to mention that once again and just kind of tell me how someone goes about getting started, what to expect. Totally. So, we're about to launch it. Um, so, can't about all the details yet. Otherwise, I think my mm -hmm. 
my branding and PR people are going to kill me, <laughs> even though I love them. No. Um, I, but what, what you can do is certainly follow us on any social uh, channel or me in particular. I'm happy to answer any questions. I'm, I'm quite active on Twitter and LinkedIn. But if you go into bioconnect.com or bioconnectid.com, you can sign up and get early access to documentation and uh, protocols. And that will allow you to experiment with uh, biometrics. So we have a very developer-first um, sort of approach to this in order to ensure that we can have a community and people can make the technology better, make cool things with it, and uh, talk about it. And that's what's really exciting. So you can just follow us on at BioConnect on Twitter and stay in touch. Well, Bianca, I really want to thank you for your time today. This uh, so for my listeners, again, this was Bianca Lopez, the Chief Identity Officer and Speaker at BioConnect. You can find more information on their website. And before we, we say goodbye, Bianca, is there anything else that we need to know about or, or listen for? No, I think just relentlessly pursue the truth about whatever you're doing and um, come chat with us about what you think about biometrics and identity. And thank you. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much and have a wonderful day. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.